0: Hello, you delicate, diligent dandelion, swaying in the breeze, but remaining steadfast. A little bit like this podcast, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode 167. I'm Chappie, your British butler. There's a whole huge encyclopedic back catalogue of podcasts over the last couple of years. Basically me sitting on my derriere, talking a load of whimsical nonsense for about an hour. That's really what it is, or oh, well, two hours a week. Uh, the good goes range between 40 and 50, sometimes up to an hour if you're lucky and I've had a good strong cuppa. Anyway, winter is relenting. Yes, I was just out there. It's been like three days where basically I've only been able to stick my Cyrano de Bergerac nose out of the door without... Well, that's the only thing that was freezing, but everything else is covered. But I have to like, you know, I have to get the nose outside of the gate or all my glasses steam up. I look like a perverted Mr. Magoo. And I don't really want that to, as a look in the morning. Um, but the, uh, the, yeah, the dogs have not enjoyed it. That seven o'clock walk on average has been minus one to minus five at like seven o'clock. So all I've done is taken them out, let them do their business and wait until the barometer hits around 20 and then head out. Now it's still cold. But um, I haven't been able to give them a good walk, and you know I think it's been making me suffer a little bit mentally during the week. I think a brisk walk in the morning does start by one off on a good note, and it's not been the greatest week, has it? It's been a bit of a uh, bit of a foppish old week, bit of a funky old week. It is funny when I'm thinking about funky. You know, we're in a bit of a funk and we're a little bit withdrawn and inside ourselves and in our heads and a little bit down, depressed. Yeah, well, funky music is brassy, bold, optimistic. Anyway, that's what I'm trying to be today for you. Brassy, bold, optimistic. It hasn't been the greatest news story in the last 24 hours. So we're going to remain uh, somewhat positive. We'll try to be as positive as we can. You know, you may have a little violin a little violin playing in the corner of your mind. Ostracize that. Get something brassy. Imagine it's a saxophone or a big old trumpet going. That's what I want. Or maybe a raucous drum solo. Yeah, Get rid of the little violin if it's making you feel down and everything. We don't want that today. We want to be uh, as positive as we can in the face of uh, great <laughs> world unrest, uh, to say the least. But I found, I think, being inside for more than normally I get outside about an hour and a half every, uh, every day. Yeah, It's quite a good session with the dogs walking, but I've only been able to do probably 30 minutes a day because of the freezing cold. Record temperatures, I think we had 100 hours under zero degrees Fahrenheit, which is a new record. I believe it goes back to 1899 or something ridiculous like that. But it without that walk, you know, it hasn't uh, hasn't felt that great. So today, uh, I thought I'd go out afternoon and take a brisk one, very brisk one, and it was absolutely lovely. 50 minutes. The dogs loved it. The sun was out. The snow was melting a little bit. A watery, wintry sun, peeping through the clouds, shining onto the snowy surfaces. Snow's still cascading on the branches of the trees. I mean, winter does have a sort of bleak beauty. And then you take those deep, wintry, cold breaths in. And all of a sudden, the cobwebs and everything else are blown away. And you're ready for action again. And you're sort of reset. They're raring to go uh, towards the weekend here. And that's what I'm trying to do. We are basically the timpani with a drum roll towards your weekend. And stay along for the ride because as i said we're going to sort of lift you lift you out of the trenches here lift you out of your depression and uh we'll give we'll put a little we'll crack maybe even a half smile on your face today how's about that then? so i did venture out to the movies the other day yeah i tell you we're really partying here i mean you got everybody on instagram living their best life again people traveling it up going away enjoying it I mean, it, almost as COVID never happened. Which, you know, you have to sort of put your best foot forward. But I've been a little bit more tentative. I'm putting my best foot forward, but I still got the grandfather slipper on as I put my best foot forward. But the the movies was lovely. Yeah. So I went to see a edition of Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile. Now, he did the 2017 version of... Uh, Murder on the Orient Express. And I remember the days of watching those big old Ag- Agatha Christie movies. They're on every Christmas. Death on the Nile, Murder on the Orient Express, Evil Under the Sun. All of those ones were on every Christmas. And I don't think my father made his way through any of them to the end. I don't think he ever realized who the murderer was. So it was quite reminiscent and, 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 and nostalgic. And enjoying uh, these big additions. And, you know, Branagh put every penny onto the screen and absolutely loved it. I don't know about the backstory. Uh, anyway, you have to go and see it. I'm not going to give anything away, but there's a little bit of a backstory there. It's quite interesting. It's breaking new ground. It's probably quite, quite controversial. Um, but uh, it was good to be back in the movie theater. Not that many people were there still, but I couldn't get my popcorn my sweet popcorn my kettle corn as they call it in america that's sort of sweet and salty that's the equivalent to the british popcorn you cannot get sweet popcorn very readily in you get the caramel corn with the cheddar nah it's that british cinema movie theater popcorn that you can't get and it uh, I, I don't know you can't just can't get it anywhere occasionally I've stumbled across it on some in some sort of artisan theaters everywhere but uh, yeah so that was that was a bit of a downer but it was nice to have a, a nice glass of cool beer to go along with the movies and um, there was a there was a uh, advertisement for the new Cyrano movie and I was thinking is it he had meant to have a long nose so they've I don't know. Have they made Cyrano a little woke? They've made Cyrano basically a small person, a midget. It's a guy from the Game of Thrones. I thought initially it was um, Herve Vilchesi, but he died a few years ago, poor fellow. Um, But it's it's, it's, it's a gentleman from the uh, Game of Thrones, and he's playing Cyrano de Bergerac. And um, his, I guess he hasn't got a big nose, but he's short. I don't know. I mean, I think may- maybe people are people against teasing teasing those with a with a rather extended snout. I mean, I used to get that at boarding school a little bit. Like, you know, there comes a nose. That's what my sister said. Even called me the nose. Believe it or not. Can you can you can you absolutely Adam and Eva? Yeah. So yeah, we've got a Cyrano. I I preferred. I don't know. I I think. It's pro- I think it's l- it's probably less woke having a midget as Cyrano. I don't know. I don't know. I miss I miss the long nose. There's something about a very prominent neck that really uh, <laughs> really gets <laughs> gets people to go to the movie theaters. But this guy's a wonderful actor. But I don't I just don't know about Cyrano as a uh, as a little person. Yeah. Don't, don't quite don't quite get that. It looks a marvelous production, musical. I don't know if he's going to be singing. Maybe he is. You got a musical midget there. or a little person. I'm sorry. Yeah, I have to oh, I have to be a bit politically correct here. Anyway, coming along the way on the podcast, we have a fun packed show. Quite busy. Yes, quite 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 busy. And some of the things that we may or not be, may or may not be talking about today I saw another smallish gentleman um, and he was on a motorcycle and the handlebars were extended way into the air. So why is a fairly short fella got him? I mean, it must be talking about stretching one out. I mean, that's been like being put on the rack in the Tower of London. His arms were extended so high. Was he trying to be? Or was he trying to be uh, James Dean and Easy Rider or something? Because that—that that might was like the 1960s style with the handlebars very high up. But we saw this anyway. We're going to be talking about that possibly between now and the end of the program here. Also, the poor Queen has COVID. Heard early in the week. I had my own little support garment on. No, it wasn't a pair of. It wasn't a pair of Austin Powers Union Jack budgie smugglers. I can't believe it in a week. My mother knows what a budgie smuggler is. She said, do you you know what a budgie smuggler is? She didn't do an Aussie. Do you know what a budgie smuggler is? I said, of course I know what a budgie smuggler is. But my dad didn't. Well, I guess I'm glad that my father didn't know what a budgie smuggler was. And he didn't know what a banana hammock was. So that's good. Because you don't, you know, you really don't want to be clearing out their house at some point in time over like 40 years. Let's say. Let's hope. And you find a pair of like Tarzan cheetah print banana hammocks, or maybe budgie smugglers with little budgies on there. I mean, that wouldn't that wouldn't be particularly good. No, yeah, I, d- I don't think that that really wouldn't be the order of play, would it? So yeah, no, I haven't. I'm not showing off my Union Jack garments in uh, in, in steadfast support for the Queen getting better. Also, cat gyms. What do you think about that? Uh, also, <laughs> so I'm sort of in moderate pain at the moment, and I and I hate to sort of put moderate pain out there because moderate pain is a, for a man is, is is probably having like your cuticle pulled or something along those lines. It's, it's something like that, isn't it? Um, but no, I thought I might have like kidney stones uh, last night. Is this, a <laughs> this is this is the Lord of the Hypochondriac coming out here. Yes, but no. I thought I had like maybe possibly kidneys, like side aching, back aching. And I thought, for God's sake, I have no heating pad. Anyway, I had to get a heating pad by hook and dare I say by crook. I'm finding more food remnants in my my chest hair. Also, there's the Kristen Bell drama that's on Netflix at the moment. The Power of Ramon Soup. A lot of you know, like your pot noodles and your and your and your dried ramen, but I'm going to tell you today what you need to do to make the elixir of life. If you're feeling a little bit down, this ramen soup will change things for you. And also, um, once I did get my heating pad. Um, Well, it was reminiscent of something for me and we'll be talking about that potentially as well but I have found over the course of the last week and I've become rather addicted to it since, um, since basically popping on my trousers the other day I thought oh it's so cold outside I'm going to pop my trousers in the dryer for five minutes to warm them up by gosh by golly this is a new thing I mean, is there anything better than a warm pair of trousers? Uh, well, other than the heated zip that, you know, you don't really... I mean, this is what I found the other day. You, I sort of went commando, and yes, the, uh, the zip was a little bit overheated, to say the least. And I, I may have minor burns on the old boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want that going on, do you? But the legs are oh, so toasty warm... It really gets you, puts a pep in your step in the, in the first thing of the morning. And I started doing that with my hat. I put my tweed hat in there. I mean, God hope, you know, Harris tweed doesn't disintegrate. But that warms the old head. That warms the old knocking up. And the gloves, put that in there as well. It's become quite the thing. I think I'm going to do it to my underwear as well. I'm going to put those in there and warm it up. Because, you know, the first thing... You, as in any good fortune teller does you know they, they they rub the crystal ball you know warm that crystal ball up before they tell your fortune i believe so why not warm your own <laughs> yeah put your warm undercrackers on everything's warm i think if everything's if everything's warm down below then everything will indeed be fine so we'll be uh, we'll be discussing and digressing on on the subject of Should you warm your trousers before you put them on? I think once you try it, you will never, ever put on a pair of cold slacks, a pair of cold pants, a pair of cold trousers. If you want to be well trousered, sir, then those babies need to be on the warm side, a little toasty. A lot of people say that you should not eat before bedtime, but there's five mood boosting bedtime snacks that'll help you wake up happier tomorrow. And I think we all need a little bit of that, don't you? When you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you probably don't think immediately uh, back to what you ate the night before. Maybe you blame your midnight tossing and turning, your bleeding alarm, or the lengthy to do list for your sour mood. But while it's true that it's hard to pin a bad morning mood on any one factor, Stacy Hassing. RDN and Jessica Beacom, authors of The Real Food Table, say that there are a few mood-boosting bedtime snacks you can add to your recipe repertoire that will help you wake up on the right side of the metaphorical bed. First of all, nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds are great sources of tryptophan, an amino acid your body uses to produce the mood-boosting hormone serotonin. Almonds, peanuts, cashew, walnuts, pumpkin seeds, and sunflower seeds are also some of the favorites for adding healthy fats and fibers to the meal and snacks. Dark chocolate. If dark chocolate doesn't put you in a good mood, I don't know what will. I mean, a lot of people absolutely hate dark chocolate out there. As we talked, we said it's a whole cacao versus cacao thing dark chocolate contains a variety of feel-good compounds like caffeine uh, theobromine is also high in flavonoids that may help improve your mood and who doesn't they like the taste of rich dark chocolate a lot of people don't like, don't like milk chocolate they don't like the dark chocolate but you know what i've actually i've actually started to like dark chocolate more especially if it's got a fondant filling fermented foods fermented foods are great for your gut and they may benefit your brain and boost your mood fermented foods such as sauerkraut yogurt kefir and kombucha are naturally rich in probiotics and support a healthy gut you know what though i think if you we just passed valentine's day but if you want a romantic evening i don't think sauerkraut's going to do you any favors i mean To be honest, if you're eating sauerkraut as you're going into the bedroom with your lover, wife, whomever it is, maid, then, yeah, if you're adding sauerkraut to the whole proceedings, then, yeah, basically you're not going to get your bratwurst out that night. Let me put it that way. The sauerkraut will prevent any bratwurst action going on there. Um, Yoga, you know, maybe what and kombucha as well. Then I, I think I would probably have a. Um, if I had kombucha, I'd be spending most of my time in the facilities, in the guardrobe. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's a very, I, I don't think that's a very ram, a romantic thing to do. If you're all on your own, then you can have your kombucha and your sauerkraut till your heart's content. Berries, though, berries in bed. Berries contain high levels of photochemicals that can reduce oxidative stress in the body. Compounds responsible for the dark blue, purple color of blueberries and blackberries. If you want to be a healthy gentleman, you can eat beets and berries. Beets and berries, anything red and purple, is meant to be wonderful for the uh, wonderful for the gentleman there. So there we go lads if you want to be ready for action do the beets and berries but uh yeah just toss the sauerkraut and kombucha to one side because that's not going to help you one iota we have the astonishing plan to add a giant slide to the Royal Moat of the Tower of London so Brits can enter a permanent meadow of 20 million flowers as part of the Queen's Jubilee. The attraction, which usually is commissioned by the National Trust for the use of Cleverdon House, will use four lanes and people will travel down it on mats. The uh, Royal Moat, uh, meanwhile, will become permanently giant undulating flower meadow right in the heart of the City of London called the Superbloom. Tom O'Leary, director of the public engagement at the historic Royal Palace, told the People magazine that we want to give visitors to Superbloom the chance to arrive in the flowers with a sense of occasion and fun, and what better way to do it than entering the Tower of London's moat via a huge slide. I mean, do you think they'll have like different speed lanes? It's gonna be like Formula One. You have the warm-up lane, and then you have a couple of fast lanes, and maybe the sort of uh, granny lane that goes a little bit slower. I don't know if I'd be wanting to rush down into a bed of flowers. I mean, if it was poppies, some of those can be quite prickly, I think. Or if it's a bed of roses, you don't want any pricks in your bottom, do you? That would be absolutely awful. I wonder what the flowers will be. And the thing is, though, they must be pretty hardy, though, because, I mean, let's be honest. In the UK, there is a, a little bit of a problem with uh, being a little bit more rotund and a little bit of bit of obesity going on. Now, if you have a big old uh, big old Charlie going down the slide, he's going to flatten the flowers and nobody else will be able to enjoy them. I think the thing they need to do at the palace, though, I think they need to install a slip and slide. How about a water slide? It'd be great seeing like all sorts of British bodies coming down the slide in bikinis and, uh, you know, tidy whiteys and uh, speedos, banana hammocks. God knows what board shorts i think that would be much more fun there you slope soap up the slip and slide so you go down from the tower and why not put it into the thames well that's you know problem is that you you, you you tumble into the thames from the slip and slide coming from the tower and you could get all sorts of diseases so the other day on saturday i saw a gentleman with incredibly high handlebars on the bike. I mean, it's the sort of bikes you used to see back in the day with uh, James Dean Easy Rider. This was a short fella though. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't, the, he wasn't the actor in Serena or Herve Villachese in, uh, in Fantasy Island, no, 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 no. But he was fairly short and he had very high handlebars. So you had the high handlebars adding the essence of cool. Because is there any, I I was thinking, is there any reason for high handlebars? And apparently they have a name called Ape Hangers. You know, I mean, I would call anybody who has an Ape Hanger handlebar, which is probably, I don't know, four foot in the air, whatever. A daft ape, to say the least. But Ape Hangers are apparently, with the expert of bikers, are nothing more than a fad designed to make the rider look bad or cool, depending on the rider's mindset. They do nothing for handling and can in fact adversely affect handling. Yes, they are very uncomfortable. Most riders who've tried them find out on their first trip at any length that their arms hurt or their hands are getting numb. I mean, this might help with my tennis elbow, though. Maybe I need to start riding riding a motorcycle. If I'm stretching my arms out, I'm probably stretching out the tendons and everything else, and it would cure my tennis elbow. And I'd look very cool indeed. Any set of bars that puts your hands higher than your shoulders will be painful over a long ride, anything over half an hour. Further, most ape hangers are just as wide as normal bars, or sometimes even wider, so there's no benefit in lane splitting, lane sharing. Maybe the rider remembers his old stingray bicycle of yore, maybe he wants to recapture his youth, or some drivel along those lines the stingray bike handlebars while they were tall did not put the riders hands above their shoulders so they were in fact just making the bike taller and the taller seat to match not a fan never been a fan the thing is though the guy didn't even have a helmet on so he had no helmet on he had like well i thought he was protecting himself with covid but he had a bandana over his mouth so i guess that's you know so no dust or ice or grit off the road flies up but the thing is, though, okay, so he looked cool with the Ape Hanger handlebars, but then he had almost the equivalent to training wheels as wheels. He had the sturdiest wheel ever. It looked like the sort of wheel that you would put on a wheelbarrow. So he had wheelbarrow tyres on his extra cool bike. Now that must take the coolometer uh, the down a couple of notches, don't you think? I mean, to be honest, if he went over the handlebars and landed on his tire, it's, it basically looked like a inflatable sheath or something. Maybe when you have a Napoleon complex, you need ape handlebars and big tires. Maybe it's sort of a little bit of a compensation. This is a little bit of a warning for you out there who like to have leftover takeaway. Leftover takeout, maybe two or three days later a man has his legs fingers amputated after eating leftover noodles and suffering organ failure the 19 year old man was documented in the new england journal of medicine um, and there was a fictional portrayal on youtube that he was fine until about 20 hours after eating a rice chicken and lo mein meal uh, from a restaurant after that period he developed abdominal pain nausea and started vomiting chest pain shortness of breath blurry vision Multiple episodes of Mimesis and Vomitus. Everything was bilious Yeah, We don't want to go into too much detail. Also experienced purplish discoloration of the skin. Foo yuck. I don't know. I mean I often have leftover like orange chicken like a day later. I think this is going to put me off it. He went into rapidly progressive reticular rash that'll teach you not to have the msgs my son but uh, it got worse he had to have both his legs uh, amputated but uh, yeah webmd does state that food should be immediately refrigerated to prevent the growth of bacteria that can cause food poisoning you're not saying but also food does not have to be cooled before being refrigerated I'm sure there's some wise old hacks on the internet, though, that uh, suggest maybe if you eat uh, age-old Chinese food, if you like a little bit of day-old orange chicken and some food main, lots of MSG, everything can be made better, and you'll be right as rain. Don't take the Tums. Make sure you go and take those horse Wormer tablets. That'll set you right. I think I'd prefer to have the day-old Chinese food than what Ivanka Trump is serving at her children's birthday parties. Monday started out like any other day. The sun shone, the trees swayed, the leaves rustled, and then Ivanka Trump posted a photo of marshmallow-topped hot dogs. And the internet left it it, and lost its collective mind. The hot dogs didn't come out of nowhere. Trump was showing pictures from her daughter Arabella's sixth birthday on Snapchat, and a photo of skewered dogs each with the individual marshmallows sitting atop with several images that was shared. Yes, marshmallows and hot dogs. Give me that cold leftover botulism ridden Chinese food, please, right now. I mean I guess it runs in the family biz didn't Trump like to do the uh, he liked to do the Big Mac, the fillet of fish, uh, double fries a milkshake and a coke maybe it runs in the family they just have very bad fast food eating habits and i want my marshmallows to be in my hot chocolate and i don't want any of these overcooked shriveled up wieners going anywhere anywhere near me thanks very much indeed so paranoia was setting in i know i didn't have any Ivanka's uh, marshmallow ridden hot dog feasts no, I, I, yesterday evening I suddenly developed this like severe pain and I was thinking well did I have any of that botulin ridden Chinese food? No I hadn't had any 20 uh, hour uh, radiated orange chicken no I didn't do that I'd been eating my ramen soup all week and that's no there's nothing wrong with a ramen soup and I'm going to go I'm going to talk about the wonders of ramon uh, very very soon but so i was like laying in bed and i was thinking this is quite painful my my back's aching at the back my side's aching slightly and there's probably people shouting at it now doctors who listen to this not that i think we have many doctors we have probably doctors of uh, witchcraft and uh, nonsensical drivelings listening to this podcast but if there's any doctor they're you had to go to the doctors what are you doing son what are you doing just keep eating that ram on you. You, just, you need to get to the doctors son. but no things are feeling a little bit better now but I, I it, it, yeah, in pain I tried the tum to tums tried a little bit of gaviscon there uh, laid, off, laid off the chocolate yeah it's very very important So I've been just, the only thing that had passed my body in the entire week is broth. It was beautiful ramen broth. So laying there in severe pain, thinking that I'm probably going to either give birth or I have kidney stones. I think I need a heating pad. Why do not have a heating pad? I used to have a hot water bottle. I had a fantastic hot water bottle that I used to love. You know, these are the rubber things that you fill up. Now, you can either fill it with whiskey, or you can put hot water in it, or maybe a mixture of both. You could drink your hot toddy out of the hot water bottle. Because what better when in severe pain, having a little wee nip of scotch just to dull things. I mean, they used to do that back in the day when you had your tooth pulled. You bit on a strap and had a nip of scotch. There we go. Next invention for Chappie. Scotch and hot toddies. In a hot water bottle. But I couldn't find No hot water bottles were to be found. I had my beautiful hot water bottle. I brought from the UK back in 2000. And I don't know where the bug has gone. I mean it probably got a hole in it by now. But I I, I, I absolutely adored that thing. So I think I need to get a heating pad. But I can't move. So what am I going to do? Basically they need to make a Marvel movie. Or DC About the superheroes of Uber. Because you now can go on Uber. And you can order almost anything. Yes if you need a Red Bull. To get you up in the morning. If you want your burrito. If you want just a piece of chocolate cake. But yes also. If you need a heating pad. Desperately you can order that too. So I ordered a heating pad. Off Uber. Uber Eats Groceries. And by gosh by golly. Within 30 minutes, they raced across town and they brought the heating pad and left it outside the door. Tipped the fella pretty well. And you're saying you're British, you never tip well. Well, no, I did on this occasion because it was snowing outside and I was about to give birth. Birth to my first twin set of kidney stones, I thought. Plugged in the beauty and the heat, I tell you, it was... It was one of the most luxurious moments of my life. Just on the small of my back, the heat oscillating through the spine, into the pain. I felt so much better. I could actually handle having one Ferrero Rocher last night. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go the dark chocolate Ferrero Rocher because I'm adding a little bit of that dark chocolate health kick into my life. And that was the power of the heating pad supplied by the Marvels, magnificent men and women in their Uber cars bringing my heating pad and saving my life yesterday evening. Problem is, I think over the course of the last week, since I started putting my trousers in the dryer every morning and now I have the heating pad, I'm now addicted to having a slightly warm toasty derriere from our good friends at Very British Problems. One of my favourites from the week. Very British problems official. The Honest Job Interview. Uh, yeah, so so, what would you say are your key skills? Uh, I don't know uh, what I'm doing, but uh, I won't cause any fuss. Aussies are shocked to find others don't say hip hip hooray. Australians cannot believe that Americans have never heard of hip hip hooray. Thousands of Australians are in disbelief of discovering Americans never end, happy birthday with hip hip hooray. Melbourne TikToker, Tiffany Krylov, recorded herself at a restaurant in Los Angeles while a group of people were singing the birthday song in the background. I want to hear them not do the hip hip, she said in a TikTok video. She predicted the group finished the song with a simple applause. I'm so jealous. Why do we Australians put ourselves through the hip hip hooray torture? In just 24 hours, of went viral, exceeding 74,000 views and hundreds of comments from shocked Aussies. No, hip hip is the best bid. It sounds so wrong without it. A third wrote, "As an American, I never knew that anybody said hip hip array. I always, I uh, always said, and many more. When I moved to the USA, I hip hipped at work, at birthday event, and got shamed." One Aussie claimed. The cheer believed to have started as a toast in Britain in the early 19th century is customary in many countries including Ireland, Germany, South Africa, Fiji and UK but it's alien to anybody who grew up in the US. Last year callers to KISS FM's Carl and Jackie O show marveled that the traditional Aussie way to end the celebrated tune is rarely sung after Georgia Expat revealed that he'd never heard the chant until moving down under in a new viral TikTok video. There's an unspoken rule that hip hip is always shouted by the biggest, burliest dude with the deepest voice, leaving the rest of the group to say hooray. On the day, nobody decides who says hip hip, but everybody knows exactly who's going to be. It's never contested, no one ever says it the same time. The more you think about it, the weirder it indeed becomes. But only Aussies sing hip hip, hip hooray. Yes, welcome to Tampa Torbone. The inhabitants of Norfolk Road in Barnsley, South Yorkshire had no idea that their estate resembled a man's genitalia until they saw it in satellite images. The Sandhill Tavern said they were not aware that the bird's eye view of the area looked like their premises had been urinated on. They tried to play it down the row and it wasn't a big topic of conversation, it wasn't that kind of village, I've never heard anybody mention it, and it looks like a penis from above. Wow I've not really noticed it, and nobody's ever mentioned it when we were in the pub ever. Genitalia shaped streets that curve around the houses were first discovered by the eagle-eyed social media users. Well, at least they didn't live on a colder ball sack. And former adult star Stormy Daniels has opened up about her most intense paranormal experience when she heard her doll Susan scream. Stormy previously worked as an adult model and gained notoriety when she alleged to have slept with the former U.S. President Donald Trump, which she claimed was the worst 90 seconds of my life. More recently, the adult performer has crossed over to television, pursuing her interests in the paranormal by presenting a ghost hunting series. On the show, she and her ghost hunting partner Jason were accompanied by Stormy's supposedly possessed doll Susan visiting various famous haunted sites across the USA. Stormy recently spoke to porn director Holly Randall on an Unfiltered podcast about this new lifestyle, where Holly asked the former playmate to share her most intense paranormal experience. Stormy instantly replied it was in The Conjuring House, the Rhode Island farmhouse that inspired the horror movie about a family who experienced increasingly disturbing events. Before they even arrived at the property, Stormy remembered the crew had been experiencing odd difficulties on site, with cameras exploding and a member claiming that he had been punched. But rather than abort the mission, Stormy filming partner Justin was keen to continue despite his friend's anxieties. I did have a weird feeling about my doll. My doll, I just had a weird feeling like maybe I shouldn't be bringing Susan into this location. So she described how she decided to bring Susan to the site, but left her seatbelt strapped into the locked car they had indeed rented. Allegedly though, the Donald Trump doll in the same collection will only suck on its bottle if the other doll pees on it. Allegedly, the 92nd experience she had was Donald Trump was a scary apparition. Instead of white noise, it was more like orange Cheeto noise. Do a fantastic job. From Jesus in a Cheeto to Susan Boyle in a Yorkshire pudding. People see all manner of faces in food and now they've got Charles I on an onion skin. A very slippery onion skin. The king famously lost his head after he was executed in 1649 and might have had his body reincarnated in an onion. Oh, it brings tears to my eyes. Charles I was king of England, Scotland, and Ireland from the 27th of March 1625 until his execution in 1649. I found a portrait of Charles I on an onion skin, said an excited Reddit user, posted on the site inspiring others to comment on the faces that they saw in the blotchy vegetable. Everybody looked like Charles I back in 1649, though. Charles I's father looked like Charles I. I mean, he had a penchant for uh, male courtiers, Uh, Some thought it looked like William Shakespeare, who saw famous rocker, Frank Zappa, others Charles Dickens. Everybody looked like Dickens and Charles I. James I looked like Charles I. Charles II just looked like his dad. If you've seen uh, already chopped off Force of Habit, I suppose, one history buff commented, referring to uh, Charles's beheading on Tuesday the 13th of January of that year, Throwing a spanner in the works, the original poster who made spicy sausage and butternut squash soup sell. well, bugger me, I've changed my mind. It's Guy Fawkes. Apparently the image only appears after you decapitate the top of the onion. What's next, the aristocratic artichoke or the round-headed rutabaga? (laughs) And in other news, to close the show, exasperated by Freedom Convoy copycat demonstrators, camping on the lawn of their parliament, New Zealand officials reached for the ultimate weapon and blasted them out Barry Manilow songs. Police, however, balked at the use of Mandy and a barrage of other sickly pop songs to drive the protesters away. It's something we would have preferred did not occur, says the horrified superintendent. You know what? I love a bit of Barry. I've been to. Be, I am a fanalo. I love myself and Barry Manilow. I think back in the mid 2000s, I did go to a Barry Manilow concert and he was tremendous. But I was the youngest person in the crowd and the only male. And From the sacred to the profane, Thailand had its prim warning to lovers thinking about getting hot and bothered on Valentine's Day take everything off except your mask. COVID isn't a sexually transmitted disease, but catching it is possibly. Uh, through close contact breathing and exchanging saliva, says the Bureau of Reproductive Health Director, Bunakrit Sakrit. Wearing face masks while having sex can help reduce the risks. I mean, one of the problems though, if you've got an old face mask and you haven't washed it in a while, then you have the whole stinky breast situation coated on the front of the face mask. And I'm sure you, the keep coming, cauliflower cheeseless, will be fascinated by this. We have some latest news. Latest news coming in from the Archie Well website or the Archie Not So Well. This is brought to my attention on Twitter by uh, Piers Morgan. Uh, so apparently, Meghan and Harry's website have uh, launched a, a message: "Stand with the people of Ukraine." I mean, it's a great message. Uh, It calls actions against the breach of international humanitarian law. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex encouraged the global community and its leaders to do the same. I mean, I think, frankly, Putin will be quaking in his proverbial boots that Meghan and Harry have launched this message. And also, uh, this is the most content they've released in about a year. They should make that statement into a podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. It's been marvellous having you here. Lovely to have you here. So anyway, if you like the podcast, like and subscribe, you can listen on all platforms. On Apple Podcasts, you can just hear the audio version where it's basically me going off-pissed Oh, sorry, pieced, I'm apologise, off script for about an hour, rambling on, rummaging around into my rather devious and insane mind. Um also you can listen on Breaker, Slacker, Audible Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, all of those platforms. But on Spotify, you can have the audio version, but I give to you also, I give to you also. I give you a musical Emporium Butler edition where I put some of my favorite songs, some of the latest hits, some classic stompers for you into the podcast. It's interspersed, it's intermingled, it's sprinkled like hundreds and thousands between my utterings. Anyway, so this week we have a little bit of uh Cool Rider fun. Then the beat goes on. We have some Harry Styles. We have some Kim Basinger and Was Not Was. Barry Manilow, Nirvana, just to name a few. Yes, Baza. I, I forgot my love for Baza, so it's sort of been implanted back onto you, the listener, this week on the Butler Emporium playlist. Coming up next, we have a poem. It has been one of the most significant weeks since 1945, and I bring to you today the poem In the Flanders Fields. In Flanders' fields the poppies blow, Between the crosses, row on row, That mark the place and in the sky, The larks sing bravely, singing, fly. Scarce heard amid the guns below, We are the dead short days ago, We lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, Loved we loved, and now we lie In the Flanders' fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe, To you from flailing hearts we throw, The torch be yours to hold it high, If we break with us who die, we shall not sleep through poppies grow in the Flanders fields. There's a beautiful but sad melancholy to that, isn't there? But anyway, as I leave you, and some of you, as I said, it's been a tough week for many people. Lots of different things going on between the remnants of COVID to what's going on in Ukraine. And if you're in a little bit of a funk, remember what I said at the top of the show. Think what funk is. Think what funk music is. It's that sort of boisterous, loud, optimistic, stirring sound. So if you're feeling a little bit funky today, pop your earbuds in, listen some ripe rap roaring funk and go on a nice walk and take in some deep breaths. Until next time, before the end of the weekend, it's Jappy saying cheerio.